Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. It would be appreciated. And on this show, we talk about judging in MMA, so you might as well learn the criteria, which you can find at abcboxing.com. Dan, before we even get into, you know, MMA stuff, I want to talk about the fact that you're now really back in the swing of things with with your own martial arts training. And and I'm very jealous of that. So, you know, kind of talk about how it's been, you know, a couple weeks now, right? A couple weeks. Feels really good to be back. Uh, Really learning. I'm not a fan of the gi still. Never really was. I don't (laughs) Never have been, huh? I don't remember you being not a fan. No, I like the gi. I just... I like Nogi better. Okay. Uh, I don't like, you know, too many handles. kind of slows the game down. You know what's funny for me? I think I do. I guess it depends on the opponent. I Sometimes I think I do better in Gi, but I think I know what you mean. Like, sometimes, like, Nogi is a little more fun because it's a little more fast, you know? But, I mean, obviously, with the Gi, you really work on the technique, as everyone says. Yeah. It's just sometimes it can it can slow to a, a, nails, a snail's pace. With, uh, well, especially the way you so, do it. Well, yeah. Well, hey, I'm gonna lull you to sleep. Exactly. You're the one who embraces it. I don't know why you don't <laughs> love it more. <laughs> like this. This is this is exactly what I want. I don't really like it. I like. I, I just like cooking you. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's a lot of fun. But yeah. So I mean, how's it been? Like, are, are you? You know, is it like riding a bike or what? Uh, somewhat. I mean, the cardio for sure is definitely not there. It's getting better. No, it never is. Uh, my skill set still doesn't match my belt. Being out for over a year, thanks COVID. Um, taking some time to get back into the swing of things, but I mean, tonight I hit a couple sweeps that are kind of my go-to sweeps, and I was like, okay, that's still there in, in the muscle memory. That's good. Uh, sub attacks really not not there yet, but okay, they'll they'll get there eventually. And what and what about uh about the striking? Is it Muay Thai still? It's weird. I'm I'm picking the striking up a lot faster, and I've done that a lot. I've done a lot less of that, so okay. it's kind of kind of strange. Well, who have you been? Who have you been training with? You got to say. Oh yeah, our uh, striking coach is uh, Kevin Mulhall. I do a lot of Better his coaches. Referee. There, uh, he he does once a week, and then there's some other. Uh, we got Melvis. If you remember Melvis from AMA, Melvis Figueroa, right? And uh, Tom Espinosa, striking coach, and our jujitsu coach Andy and Mike Maine, uh, New Jersey, New Jersey MMA. They're they're just great guys. They're yeah. just great people. They really are. It's it's a really good place. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I, I miss I miss seeing even just kind of their faces back in the days when we were all at uh, AMA. That place. It's been a long time since I trained. A lot of a lot of a lot of people came out of that gym. Yes, they did. I mean, we've we've talked before on the show about how two of the greatest martial artists, mixed martial artists of all time, spent time in that little place next really? to the Pancake House. <laughs> really, was Amanda crazy. Nunez. She used to train there on the regular. Khabib. He used to come over sometimes from K Dojo in Fairfield. I, I, I mean, there were th- these are legends. Really, were in this this little strip mall in Whippany, New Jersey. The two people at the top of the list on the UFC's website for for pound for pound rankings. Pound for pound, exactly. They were they were at this people? gym. I wonder if they probably, ever got. Pancakes. There was probably a time where they were there the same day. I'm sure it happened. Oh, uh, it probably did. I'm. Do you think they ever got pancakes after? Uh, I don't know. I know I did on a handful of occasions. I never did after training, although I wanted to. <laughs> but I definitely went over because uh, I lived very close by. So I would just sometimes go 
on like the weekend. I'd, I'd tell my okay. roommate who was living at the time, I'm like, I'm like, Brett, we got to go over. We're going to have pancakes. And we'd bring our, uh, our respective lady friends yeah, they over actually... my, my now wife and, and his now fiance. They actually have moved out of there. They're in now. A big, I know. A I know. I saw it now. It looks pretty state of the art. So good for it them. It does. It does. I know Mike Constantino was very excited about that. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Yeah. Hey, you know, enough about us. I mean, you know, we don't have to be too self-indulgent here and talk about uh, our journey in martial arts and pancakes. Uh, you know, let's let's move on. We've got. Oh, wait, I just, real un- quick before we move on. Oh, what do you got? What, what, you want to interrupt my spiel? What do you got? I, yeah, I want to interrupt it because I want to just let everyone know that I did get into omoplata position tonight. Didn't ooh, finish it. Ooh, but no finish. But, uh, but I got to it. So. Okay. It's coming. All right. When, when you hit that first omoplata, make sure. Make sure you brag about it. Put the name on blast. Like, make sure you embarrass them. Just like the total martial arts spirit. <laughs> I won't do that, but I will do 40 no, minutes don't do on that. it. Never do that. That wouldn't be all right. The whole show would be about my omoplata, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I might have something to say about that. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's move on because we've got a new segment that we're going to uh, field test here. I think it's probably going to be... It's very likely that this will be a little more well received with uh, actual working judges who listen to this show, right? Because we're we're keeping it more grounded in ABC scoring than what yeah. we do in past judgment. Yeah, we're not changing the scoring criteria. No, no, no. And of course, you know, like we're not we're not expecting anything to change or whatever. We just, you know, we're having a little fun with that one. But this one, we're calling this segment "Splitting Headaches," right? Yeah, get the Tylenol. <laughs> the reason being. The pun off of the idea of split rounds, split decisions. Uh, we we want to highlight fights of the past like we do in past judgment. But in this case, we're really going to be looking at fights that they had very contentious rounds one way or the other or or contentious scorecards one way or the other. And we're less concerned about, you know, kind of that line between 10, 8, 10, 9, you know? Yeah, this was this is pretty much split rounds. So. It's it's split rounds exactly, and then you know we'll look back at old fights, which of course, like I said, we've done this. I think we picked a really good one to start with. I don't think we always need to pick uh, any sort of unanimous decision. I think sometimes we can look at unanimous decisions that had like, let's say, three rounds that were split. You know, mm-hmm. like we could it. look at fights like that. But I think this one we'll keep it simple. We'll take a traditional split decision, and we chose Martin Kampman against Jake Shields. This was a fun fight. It, it, I don't know if it was a fun fight. Rounds two and three. Sorry. I don't know. That I don't was... know if it was that fun. I mean, it was fine. I wasn't bored. I, yeah, I, I would say that, but I don't know. It just wasn't. I remember being more into this fight when I watched it uh, way back, you know, we we're talking about 11 years ago. But this one, the reason why we chose it, not only because it's a split decision, but this is one that I think a lot of people remember back as one of those very contentious split decisions. You know, the ones people would say, you know, controversy or, you know, I don't know if the word robbery was tossed about for this one. We don't like that word. So we're not actually describing it that way. But I, I don't remember if anyone was saying that. Uh, and this one had gone to Jake Shields. But we did have three different judges scorecards turned in for this one. So, you know, with all that said, I thought this was a really good choice uh, for the DB. I thought this was a really good choice for the debut of splitting headaches. Yeah, I I I, I like this fight. I didn't I didn't think thought it was a good fight. All right, you're allowed to like it. I'm not yeah. telling you you don't have to like it. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> I'm Irish today. I mean, so I'm so Irish. We, you know, we don't. What's that? Saturday, say it again. I'm Irish today and always. I'm not Italian. Yeah, we're Scott. we're doing this on St. Patrick's Day. I'm like four percent Irish. Uh, I'm more than that. 
my wife is almost entirely Irish, so <laughs> you know she's much more into this than I am. My kids enjoyed it. My my buddy, uh, my my big boy, he was looking for. Uh, he was he wanted to catch a leprechaun. This is what the kids do now. They they try to set leprechaun traps. That would have been awesome. Well, I keep telling him, I'm like, so so you just want to set a trap for a living being and take his belongings. Is this what you want? You want to kidnap a a living thing and and take his stuff? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm messing with him. I tell him I'm messing. Let's move on, though. We we really want to get into this fight. I think we've dragged it out, right? Yeah. But before we do, we don't need to go into any spiels to explain it. I think we've explained it well enough, and we don't need to do this in the future. But, uh, you know, as always, we're going to set up the way you know, what was going on entering this fight. So coming in, this was the co-main event, by the way, of UFC 121. Took place at the Honda Center in Anaheim on October 23rd, 2010. Almost 11 years ago, 10 and a half years ago now. That was the night, Dan, that Cain Velasquez scarred Brock Lesnar and took his title. And that was the night that GIF was born of Brock out of disco, spinning about. Yep, yep. (laughs) And and also the night that uh, Undertaker was like, you want to do it? I I think that was a work. It was pretty sure uh, it was a work. Wasn't wasn't the Undertaker talking about that on uh, that that on uh, the Stone, that show Cold. With Stone Cold? Yeah, he was saying he was sent there and was told do what's right or do do what. I you don't can, know if Brock really like knew, that. right? Brock probably didn't know, but Undertaker was there to pick a fight. So yeah, well, it worked out. Ultimately, it came down to that, right? I, I don't watch this uh, WWF anyway. He ended the streak. WWE, whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> back to back to this fight. Shields, he's coming in, and he's you know he was a big high profile uh, addition to the UFC mm-hmm. stable here, right? He was came in as the middleweight champ, dropped back down to one seventy here, and this fight, at least according to Wikipedia, I don't remember this being the case, but I I, I didn't get the chance to follow up. I believe it. Uh, Shields was he had the opportunity to earn a title shot with a win, but not Campman apparently. Interesting title eliminator for one guy. Yeah, yeah, weird, uh, and not entirely surprising if true. Uh, but yeah, so he had, he had actually just beaten Dan Henderson to defend that middleweight belt six months earlier. So that was a big win. I, I don't think anybody really expected Shields to win that one. I want to say that that actually was one of the biggest upsets by a champion in yeah, MMA history. I don't even if I remember recall. that fight. What, what kind of shit? You don't remember that one? I don't remember that fight. It's not a great one. It's not like it's not the most interesting. I mean, fight. well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, well, Dan Henderson for sure has the striking advantage, at least power wise. And. The wrestling probably canceled each other out. Was Shield able to get him down? I don't know. I, I'd you have know to watch why you it probably again. don't remember that fight? Something else more memorable happened after that fight. That was when Mayhem came into the cage and said, Hey, buddy, where's my rematch? And there was the brawl in oh, Nashville. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Yep. Yep, okay. You know, these these things happen in MMA. Oh, just just ask God. us Johnson. Gosh, damn. Never forgive you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Shields, he came in. He was 25-4-1, 31 years old, very much in his prime. This is This is like Pete Jake Shields coming in. Yeah. Right. Campman, he's 17 and three too. four and one in his his, uh, stint now since coming down from middleweight. Obviously a welterweight fight here. Twenty eight years old. Uh, He had just won a decision against Paul Tiago four months earlier, too. So he's you know, he's coming in not not with like a big head of steam, but, you know, he he had certainly proven himself to be a solid middleweight and was looking pretty good at welterweight, although he did get uh, stopped by Paul Daly. No, that guy hit like a truck, so. Yeah, he did. I mean, it's it's not a lot of shame in losing to Paul Daly the way he did, especially on short notice. Uh, Judges for this one. So for whatever reason, Bruce Buffer did not announce the scores by judge after this fight. So because of that, we don't actually have a way to independently confirm. But 
According to UFC stats, the judges for this one were Cecil Peoples, Nelson Hamilton, who so I'm pretty sure I saw anyway, uh, and Larry Landless. But I could swear, and I think you saw it too, right? Mike Beltran was sitting right by the cage, looked like in one of the, you know, the judges' chairs. I I guess he could have been doing another role, but he was there, right? That looked like definitely him? looked like him. I mean, unless he has a unless one of those other judges looks like that. I you know, I nine like out of Beltran. ten judges have mustaches like him. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I could have swore it was Mike Beltran. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure, but maybe he wasn't a judge for this one. Yeah, I'm, we'll go with the UFC stats uh, thing there. I mean, it was the UFC's. Uh, record there that's the ufc stats so we'll, we'll just go with it right yeah uh we don't know the individual round scores for this one well, we do we M- can go by what the ufc stats said as far as who scored what uh, mma decisions Final. has nelson's score oh it does okay mma decision has nelson hamilton's score it doesn't have the other two i see that's what, well we'll go with ufc stats anyway the ufc stats seems to be at least a, uh, a credible enough one right they're the ufc yeah i mean well they did make a mistake this week uh, yeah, they, they make mistakes. Oh, we should actually highlight that really quickly. Yeah. So we talked about that on last show. Very quick side note. Uh, we said that because of the the way the sheets were printed out and shared by the UFC's uh, accounts and website that it was Rick Winter who was the one judge to score Courtney Casey as the winner over J.J. Aldrich the other day. And actually, that was Sal D'Amato. Joe Martinez announced it correctly that Sal D'Amato was the one who saw it for Casey. So go by Joe. Yep, in this case, definitely go by Joe. Go by Joe. All right, let's get into this fight. Get into this fight. Yeah, it was referee John McCarthy. Round one. <laughs> what happened here? Not much, right? This was a, not a, really a big round. Uh, a bit of a nothing burger. Really, Camden didn't do anything, though, but defend. I thought Shields was much better in the grappling. There's no no contesting that. And... uh. He was even better on the feet. It just didn't do enough to go any further than a 10-9. I thought this round was probably the most clear round of the entire fight. 10-9 shields. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, It was probably the most clear round, but it was also like the round in which, you know, the least actual danger was applied to either man, right? Uh, I would, I guess. I thought shields was Look, he got mount. I'm not saying there was nothing there. Like, I I get it. Like, I grappled. Yeah. Mount is, you know, it's a big deal. It scores, but like. What happened? Was anyone in trouble? Yeah, I mean, Camden was probably that. closest to getting anyone in trouble. Yeah. And I don't think he really had anything with that. Uh, what was that? The choke attempt, right? Now, I don't even think it was this round. Was it really? Was it, it wasn't different even round? this okay. round. Yeah, I, th- I thought Camden didn't yeah. do anything this round. Yeah, it was not a strong round at all. I'm fine with going to Shields. Yeah, 10-9 Shields. Mm-hmm. And actually, we, uh, we did solicit the uh, opinion of a working judge now to give some insight on on how they saw it too uh and so our mystery judge of the week also saw a 10-9 shields round saying you know striking was just about equal and not very much going on right uh the takedown with effective grappling uh to mount was enough to give them the round so more or less what you're saying right yeah i I thought shields was even better on the feet but that that is a sentence you don't usually hear it really isn't he wasn't (laughs) he wasn't even better on the feet on bully beatdown no, no, he wasn't. Round two, though. This is where things finally start to pick up, at least, right? This was, yeah, this was a good round, I thought. Uh, Campman lands that big knee. Shields drops to his knees. Tries to play it off like he's going for a takedown. This is where Campman locks up that uh, kind of crackdown type, you know, full Nelson type deal working for a, for a Darce, but then decides ultimately not going to go for it. I don't know why he didn't. I thought he had a decent shot at, at it. 
but uh, and it ends up resulting on his back. Jake never does anything more than you know passing the guard. That's great, but he never really did anything with it. I thought he had a nice guillotine escape, but that you know that's on Campman having the attack, and he really just didn't do anything. I thought Campman was better. Ten nine. Yeah, I also saw this as a ten nine Campman round. It it is it's interesting though because there's kind of that striking versus grappling. You know which was which was weighted he- more heavily. You know. I guess I do think that the striking from Campman was much more effective and and more immediately impactful. Right, you landed two solid knees. That the first one, that first one in particular. Yeah, the second absolutely. one just forced Jake to go for a takedown. I don't think it hurt him as bad as the first one. Probably wasn't uh, but, tickled though. Oh no, and just Jake never really did it. He he was like I said, he passed the guard, but he didn't stay there long. He wasn't attacking subs, and and he. Didn't really strike it either, either. So I think Cameron was the more effective fighter offensively. And uh, I mean, Jake was definitely the better grappler. But does I mean, is that fighting? I don't know. Yes, it's fighting. Absolutely. But I mean, but, in terms of, of what we're looking at here, Cameron was the talking one about effective towards... striking and grappling with immediate impact being weighted more heavily. Yeah. Cameron's the one that's trying to finish the fight. Yes. So yeah, I would agree. That's where I'm at. 10-9 Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, and and uh, and our guest uh, mystery judge also agreed that this was a ten nine Campman round, saying, "Yeah, the knee was essentially the the difference maker here." Uh, they even watched it back just to to make sure uh, how well it landed. That Shields wasn't just dropping down for a takedown, right? Because it it there was a little bit of that. You know, is he just driving down for that takedown, or is he hurt? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I thought he was hurt. Uh, our judge, our, our guest judge, agrees here as well. Um, but you know. A different, uh, you know, different angle give you some some extra look there, you know, right? Yeah. But actually, one interesting uh, insight from our judge here is that, in their opinion, because it was kind of a closer round, and you know, you you got some grappling here back ten years ago, round two probably does go to Shields because of the grappling time. Well, that is what they were saying on the broadcast. They were scoring it that way. Right for so yeah, Joe. But, but are we are we really trusting the way it's said on the broadcast, Dan? No, but I mean that's what they're going with. They were saying, years that, of ago, course. So, but, but I mean, how how often are we actually trusting what the, the the commentators say? That's all I'm saying. Well, that's true. But they were right here, yeah, evidently. Yeah. So it, it it is interesting to hear that though that that ten years ago you would give it to Shields, but now the way the criteria has been uh, framed. And takedowns, you know, were weighed more heavily back then. The judge mm-hmm. is also saying that that yeah, this would have been different. But today, it's a Campman, and I like that because when I watched that fight, I definitely thought Campman won. I don't remember which rounds I gave him. I mean, you know, I didn't know really how how to score a fight back in 2010. I'd only been watching a couple of years, and I certainly hadn't been read. I hadn't read any criteria, but it it looked to me, in my amateur opinion, that Campman won a fight. I most certainly sided with shields i don't even remember watching this fight live but his connection to the 209 for sure that's true you were biased sure made me say shields won this one yeah i would think so it's not even a question Uh, and again we don't know how the judges at the time actually scored these rounds we know that all three of them had different scorecards so it's it's really hard to even guess which way the wind blew with them right well according to mma decisions nelson hamilton has 10-9 shields in rounds one and two oh okay so I don't know how they gathered that, but that's what's on their website. Yeah, and that's interesting because that doesn't actually match what we have from UFC stats, as we'll get to later after we discuss round three. What happened in round three, Dan? 
Another close round, but it did not start close. I mean, it ended close, but it didn't start close. I can't mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shields closes the gap. Yeah, Shields was he was aghast. I really gassed and he was taking he sure did look taking gassed, a beating yeah. for it so i feel camp he already doesn't have a whole lot of striking in, in uh <laughs> at his disposal anyway no, so yeah, we he know. doesn't look good standing on his feet yeah and camp landed solid strikes on the feet and on the ground and and i thought again shields won positionally at least closed the gap late i think he needed to get more offense from those positions to actually close the gap and surpass it so i went 10-9 campman yeah, I also saw this as a Cameron round. I, I weighed again. I, I thought that the the striking was more impactful. That's just I, I saw it that way as as the immediate impact there. And yeah, Shields definitely makes it close. He's 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 really working very well. He gets the back, like you said, right? And uh the body triangle, of course, too. It's it's close. It is close. And and I think today, if people watch this, I think well, I guess I shouldn't give people at large too much credit, but I would I would like to think that people could watch this today and understand, okay, round one is Shields, round two is should be Campman, and round three is the one that should be more close. And you'd say, okay, I can understand why it would go either way, you know? Yeah, I, I thought I probably would have le- leaned Shields had he done something more with the back, maybe lock in a choke, maybe land some big punches, I guess. Okay. But no, Campman was uh, better offensively from the striking. Yeah, I mean that's what I thought too. Our our guest judge, our mystery judge here, uh, they said cl- uh, it was close due to nothing truly definitive, uh, but they actually went uh, shields. Actually, I mean I misspoke. This was a shields round. Okay. Yeah, had Campman slightly ahead until they hit the ground, and they thought that shields closed the gap and overtook. Okay. Yeah. So I guess we thought the gap was larger than what they thought. Yeah, yeah, I, I had miss I I miss uh, wrote my notes here. So yeah, it's, it's it is true that our mystery judge saw this one as a shields round and thus gave the fight to shields. And we have it for Campman. We have it for Campman. Uh, we're not going to sit here and say we know better than the judge because they judge and we're you know guys who talk. Yeah. But I I do think that this is a very close. I mean, our our guest judge did even say it was you know. Very, very, very close. Like more or less could have gone either way with with understanding, right? Yeah. That's that's what mm-hmm. this judge said. So it's hard to kind of go crazy now, like having watched this fight again, like was Kentman R O B B E D. No, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't. But this was a close fight. This was a very close fight, and one that obviously our judge here is saying actually looks a little different ten years ago if you if you talk the the scoring the back then. I definitely feel like Campman has a good case to say I won the fight, but nonetheless, it is what it is, right? Yeah, close and, fight. And the scorecards bared out with Landless. Uh, Larry Landless gave 29-28 for Shields. Cecil Peoples gave 29-28 for Campman, and Nelson Hamilton gave 30-27 for Shields. That's what we have from UFC stats. Okay, so that, that makes sense. The MMA decisions could only differentiate the 30-27 from Nelson Hamilton. Yeah, it, it's so, you know, it's, it's tough to say what judges had what round we just don't know that um unfortunately uh but you know it is what it is i think this was an interesting fight to go back to especially for me the interesting thing about talking to uh, our guest judge who i thank very much uh for providing that information for us was the revelation that 10 years ago you'd actually very likely would have seen it supposed to be the other way but nowadays you might see it the way for campman round two yeah it's, so if this judge was scoring at the time, they would have probably had the same scorecard 
as Nelson Hamilton, 30-27 for Shields, which probably would have enraged me back then because I didn't know what <laughs> was what. So I'd have been like, what was this? What's this clown? No, I don't know nothing. <laughs> Robert. That's how it was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top guy got a lot of points. I know. And I, I, I'm glad that we have what we have nowadays that where where you weigh damage more heavily, you weigh, you know, fight, finish, uh, pursuit more heavily, that kind of thing. I, it's it's good. I, I think I think the progress that has been made in the criteria in the last few years is really good. Yeah, I'm with you. And that's it. That's our fight. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully split decision. I, you know, we, we kind of had a, a, a bunch of tangents here. I think next time we'll try to like, try to clean it up. Right. But I hope uh, I hope people enjoyed this first edition of split this uh, splitting headaches. Excuse me. Yeah, I got a headache. You do. Let's it's take a, some Advil. A spl- I can't take Advil. Just splitting headache. Well, I hope you feel better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on, though. We will we, we'll talk. Moving on real quick. We will talk about this weekend's. UFC card, which is UFC uh, at apex number 22 of this COVID period. And that is Derek Brunson taking on Kevin Holland in a middleweight fight uh, atop the card, right? Yeah. What do you, what do you think one. of this one? I'm excited for this one. I uh, got a lot going on here. Kevin Holland on a five-fight win streak. Maybe maybe more than that. But he definitely won five last year. Yeah. I, I Actually, it is it is a five-fight win streak. He lost, his, he lost to Brendan Allen okay. at the end of 2019. Uh, he got subbed. So he had a much better 2020. He had a great. He won four fights in the last half of the year. That's wild, and and he's becoming a fan favorite for the way he fights, getting the finishes, and Derek Be a Brunson. Derek Brunson once again being set up as the stepping stone. Yeah, as he was against Edmund. Set up for this card a lot. Uh, I actually had the chance to speak to both Kevin and Derek uh, this afternoon, uh, Wednesday before we before we recorded, and. Bronson was saying he he really wanted uh you know one of those top guys he was really hoping to get one of those names and then the names they presented him uh none of them were the ones he was looking for but he said okay which one of these guys is the best stepping stone to get me the next fight and, and that's why he he said he would prefer Holland okay so he's treating Kevin Holland as his stepping stone where every, whoever's booking this match is is seeing if Holland has what it takes to get to that next level. So and you know we don't know the names, but I would say that makes a lot of sense. Holland's coming in; he's got a lot of steam. We already his, talked about that. It his, makes sense. His price is high right now, so yeah, yeah, that's a good way to frame it. Uh, what do you think? What do you think happens here? I'm going with Holland. Sim- what do you think? Well, what method? What round? What do you got? Similar to the way Izzy beat him, uh, maybe round two, TKO. I'm gonna pick Brunson. Think he's gonna rise up like he did Edmund? I think that what we have now. And I thought this before I spoke to to Brunson this afternoon. I think that we have a much more patient, uh, disciplined fighter okay. than what we saw for for many years in his career, where he was kind of just you know kill or be killed, right? Okay. And, and the the approach, I mean, it's led to the last three fights the the that he's won. Every one of them has gone to the third round. He won two decisions, and he won obviously that third round TKO over uh, Shabazian, like we talked about. Yeah. I I could see. I could see Derek Brunson winning by, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say Derek Brunson, round four TKO. Oh, thought you were going to go with a sub there, but you didn't. No, no. I think he's still, I think he's still going to pound out. <laughs> he's still, he still favors the strikes. You know, if you look at his methods of victory, he's, he's someone who definitely likes to hit people. Um, right. But I mean, Holland, he's been subbed as you mentioned. That's what I was thinking. He has, go but that way. I think someone like him, if he loses enough steam, if he's getting, you know, if he's not putting Brunson away, 
which yeah, Bronson's been knocked out before. It but is true. Have we? I think he can weather the storm. I think he'll be patient enough, uh, and I do think he can pull it out. But hey, we'll see. I, I love Holland's game. I actually, I would be very interested to see what happens if Holland does win this fight because I think there's a lot of options for him. Todd, be crazy. Uh, six straight. What do you? I mean, the guys. People want to see him fight. I wonder what they would do with him. You know what he told me was next? What? If he wins, he said Usman. Usman's next. Well, you know what? He Maybe they're just giving Holland Usman whoever Usman. he wants. They're just, hey, you want Jorge Masvidal, who you just 50 45 Yeah, I'll take him again. I'll defend my title. I'll make another, you know, however many million. Well, Kevin Holland, he's fought at welterweight. Yeah. He's not a big middleweight. But I'm saying, but to your point, I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. Who should we expect to judge this fight? You know, typical guys that we've been seeing in, in these main events. I mean, Sal D'Amato is, is, a, is a mainstay. I think anytime he's there, and I assume he is, uh, that he's got to be one of the guys. Junichiro Camillo is getting a lot of the assignments, too. I, I, would, I would say probably him. And then, you know, Derek Cleary. I mean, these are guys that I'm just assuming are there. I don't know. But if I was a betting man, I would say that's going to be our trio in the main event. I think Ron McCarthy makes an appearance. In this one well yeah i mean i don't know who's going to be in town you know he i believe he's based in california so he's not an in-state judge uh the same way Camillo is yeah i'm just betting or or tony weeks just betting on it all right fair enough but what about uh some other fights on this card i mean i don't know about you i'm not really jazzed about the rest of the card here i'm sure it'll be fine but like nothing really jumped out big time for me what about you well you don't really watch contender series so no and that's part of it Adrian Yanez, he's fun. He came from the Contender Series. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see Cheyenne Bays. I don't know why it's pronounced Bays, but it is. Versus Montserrat Ruiz, woman's strawweight yeah. bout. Uh, Bays came from the Contender Series, and she had a little bit of feistiness. I remember at one point, she knocked the girl down, wanted to fight back up, was just like, stand the F up. I love it. And uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm excited to see what she does in her debut. Her husband's like also kind of fighter. Her husband is also on this card too, which is Who's that? JP Bays. He's oh. he's fighting on the prelims. Uh I don't know if there's ever been a husband wife duo fight on the same card before. I don't know that there has if there has, I bet you it's uh Montana Mon, excuse me, Montana and Mark De La Rosa. Yeah, they, you know what they may have actually fought on the same card. That before. would be my guess. If it yeah. happened it was probably them. Um and it might have. So, but but always fascinating when you have the kind of these family affairs, right? Yeah, especially if one wins and one loses. Like, ooh. Well, I, I you there. never root for that. No, I know. But I'm not rooting for that. I'm just saying. The monster. The white. I mean, you got to be happy for yourself, but then you got to be sad for your spouse, and it's. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's, that's that's why you root. Yeah, that's yeah. why you never root against it. Right. Of course, I'm in the press bad. box, there's no rooting. Maybe. Not supposed to. Well, then you don't sit in the press box. Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't been. I've been sitting in my basement for a year. Just like everyone else. <laughs> what fight are you looking forward to? All right, because you know, and I'm not saying this as like, well, I had to pick one, so I picked this. But for me, it was it was a little tougher to pick one that I was really jazzed about. But you know who I always like to see show up because we haven't seen them as much lately? Leonardo Santos. It's been a while. He doesn't fight all that often. It's not that it's been a while now, because we saw him uh in at Fight Island the first time they were there back in July, but before that, he had fought the year before in June. And before that, it had been almost three years since right. we saw him. Yeah. His last six fights, if you go back that far, Efrain Escudero is one of his opponents. Yeah. So seven years, <laughs> six and a half years ago was his sixth most recent fight. 
But when you look at his record, man, he has he is unbeaten in his last 13 fights going back 11 years. It's pretty impressive. He hasn't lost in 11 years. He's 12-0-1 with a TKO of Kevin Lee about five years ago, ago more than five years ago. He also has a submission win over Anthony Rocco Martin. Like these are these are good wins. Solid wins. Great jujitsu guy. He can hit. As a, he has a first round knockout over Stevie Ray that was two years ago. So he's I mean, this is a real fighter. And I really wish he would stick around and fight more often because I bet he could do stuff. So that's why I'm interested to see him uh, against Grant Dawson here uh, in a lightweight fight. Well, we'll see. I'm gonna pick Dawson. Okay. He's a he's a ground guy. I can't pick against Leonardo Santos. I know he's you know he's getting up there in age. He's obviously been fighting a long time. He's forty one, so you know any any day now you know he might not look like the same fighter, but I mean he's just such. A, I mean you love grapplers. This is a grappler, dude. Yeah, I think Dawson's a grappler too. Should be a fun fight. Yeah, but I'm. He is a fourth degree black belt. Fourth degree is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> are you going to be a fourth degree black belt before you die? Uh I have chance. Uh, I hope you will. I once you, you get the black belt. It's every three years you land a degree. That's still a lot. And then I mean, after you gotta, you gotta uh, get there. And yeah, I gotta get the black belt first. But been a black belt a long time. He's he's well respected. So should be fun. He he actually competed. If you look at Wikipedia, he competed at Abu Dhabi twenty years ago. Did he win Abu Dhabi? No, oh. no. He uh yeah, it was ABD, ADCC. He won. Uh, he was the bronze medalist. Oh. At the World Championships. What year was that one? 77 kilo. 2001? Let's see who that was real quick. Here, I bet that was Marcelo Garcia. No, I was wrong. It was... Matt Serra got silver that year in that okay. division. Wow. The winner was uh, Marcio Fightosa. But yeah, he, he's someone I'm very interested in uh, seeing if he can keep it going. I, I just want him to fight until he gets a top fighter. You know, like, get someone in there like... It, it, I mean, not a top fighter, but give him another ranked fighter again. He he proved he can fight these guys. I don't want to see him do it again. Uh, you know, I'm not rooting for him, but I'm interested to see if he can do it. Let's see what happens. All right, that was it. Appreciate you guys listening to this show. Hope you like splitting headaches. We'll we'll try to keep it more focused, like I said, next time. But uh, you know, I, I think this will be an interesting addition to the show, right? Yeah, and we'll be back again on Monday. Break down what'll happen this weekend in Vegas. Absolutely. Everyone have a nice weekend. Enjoy the fights and uh, catch you Monday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.